Howdy, good evening, good day, good morning, good lunchtime, good week, good month, good corona, whatever time you're bloody listening to this. Hello, and welcome to episode 43 of the Moyes podcast. And today, as per always, we're going to be delving a little bit deeper into story time, a little bit more psychology this time around. As per the title, we are discussing insecurities. And I suppose to be more specific on that one, my own insecurities. So sit back, relax, enjoy. Hopefully you guys like this podcast. If you do, be sure to leave it a little review. Or of course, you know, even more prevalently, let me know you enjoyed it. And then of course, going from there, I'll make sure that I record more podcasts along, along this kind of guys in the future anyways. So welcome to episode 43. Now, it may surprise you, given what I put out on social media, given my general personality, if you've ever met me, had a discussion with me, but I am in some ways quite insecure. And a long time ago, I heard a saying which was, if you wear your insecurities as armor, nobody can ever use them against you. And as we get deeper into this podcast, you'll learn a little bit more about what my insecurities are, as well as, I suppose, methods that I've adopted to be able to deal with my own insecurities over the years be it from coaching, parenthood, and a plethora of other things. So insecurities are something which we're all, we all suffer with. We all have things which make us insecure about ourselves or our existence. But sometimes those insecurities get to a point which is destructive or damaging to our lives. Case in point, if I look back to, I suppose, the very first or one of the very first instances of me recognizing my own insecurities, it was in my early relationships. When you're young and I didn't find or didn't think that I was a particularly good looking kid. And you know what it's like in secondary school or school in general. You know, you know the popular kids, you know the geeky kids. And I was one of the kids in the middle, but I didn't consider myself to be particularly good looking. And so I've never been one for massive amounts of kind of, I don't know, dulling myself up. And so I've always been a little bit rough and ready in that sense. And yeah, back in school, I wasn't confident in that way. My confidence grew over time. Uh, And funny enough, looking back now, I guess I went out with, (laughs) which was the term back in school, probably some of the top girls in the school maybe bar maybe the top three so actually if i look back granted those relationships if you can even call them that you know will you go out with me lasted a couple of days um sometimes a little bit longer to be fair but you know nevertheless i was still very insecure i was very insecure like i said in early relationships with regards to relationship itself very insecure that it was going to end or something was going to happen something was going to destroy it Uh, You know, the thing, cheating, that kind of thing. And so my early insecurities were plagued, or my early relationships were plagued with insecurity. And around about the same time as well, which funny enough is where I found the gym, which you can hear more about in the previous podcast, um, I was insecure about my body as well. It was a plethora of kind of things that contributed to that own insecurity, but it was mainly just as the world, I guess, was beginning to change. And people were getting more and more, men, I guess, were getting more and more into self-care. Now, self-care for me was never about bloody moisturizing or hair gel, despite the fact that back in the day, I did use quite a bit of the co-op's own brand hair gel. And I mean 
gel. This was the super fucking wet stuff that gave you brain freeze because you put it on. And that was the stuff that made your hair go absolutely rock hard after it had dried, of course. Um, but yeah, so insecure with regards to my own body. Insecure with, you know, not wanting to take my shirt off. Uh, I felt skinny. I felt pale. Um, thought my nipples were too big, <laughs> to be honest. But they never expected me to even mention that in a podcast, did you? But it was one of those things, I guess every kid went through this, and I can only really speak from my own personal circum- experience, but I felt insecure anyway. And it was only when I found my music that I found a bit more security. I had something about me which I was good at, something unique to me, and that obviously drew people to me. I mean, hell, my, my first big relationship that lasted over a year came from my music. Um, so therefore, there was a lot of security that was attached to that. And then obviously gigs and getting up and performing made me more confident as well. Uh, but again, as you know from the previous podcast, if you listen to it, that confidence didn't really translate too much into day-to-day life because I just didn't feel comfortable in myself. Um, barely comfortable enough to pick up the phone, I guess. The biggest one that's been, I guess, an insecurity for me has been my hair. And it's something that I quite often make jokes about. I've made videos about it. And I bring it up on a regular basis, and it's because of what I mentioned at the uh, the kicking off of this episode about if you wear your flaws as armor, nobody could use them against you. I always try to get a joke in about my hair before somebody else can get a joke in about my hair. The irony behind that is that if I never mentioned it, it probably wouldn't be mentioned. And if I never mentioned it, no attention would maybe go to it. But for those of you unaware, obviously you are listening to this podcast. Uh... I'm gradually going bald. I'm thinning on top quite dramatically, to be honest. And it's completely understandable um, for multiple reasons. One, my granddad is very bald uh, on my mum's side. My father was very, very thin on top. Uh, My uncle has gone bald. Um, And not to mention, I suppose, lifestyle. You know, steroids have been known to accelerate hair loss. um, And granted, though it was a brief period that I did them for, uh, it's not going to fucking help, is it? And, you know, stress can also contribute to that. And not that I'm blaming the kids, but having three, four and a half year olds and two teenagers, yeah, that's going to add something to it. But let's not be around the bush. It's male pattern baldness. You know, my dad, my granddad, what do I expect? But either way, it's something that's always bothered me. Um, I've worked with a hairdresser for ages to try and come up with different things to be able to minimize its impact or obviousness. Um, I've looked into different methods. Um, I've looked into wigs. I've looked into hair transplants. I've looked in and tried different shampoos. You know, remember that Alpacin caffeine shampoo, the one that was definitely marketed to men because it had Vicky Butler Henderson advertising it and cars in the background going vroom? Yeah, tried that. Didn't work. Uh, And they say that caffeine's good for hair loss. Well, I drink a shitload of fucking coffee and Pepsi Max every day. And yeah, it's still going. So it's it's clearly male pattern baldness. But it's something that has bothered me and continues to bother me. I look back as a kid and I always wanted to have thinner hair, ironically, because I always felt like my hair was too thick. It was so unmanageable. And so whenever I went to the hairdressers, I'd always say, can you just thin it out a little bit? But I would kill for those days now. Because I guess you uh, be careful what you wish for. The other thing that obviously might surprise people as well with regards insecurity for me anyway is my coaching. Not just with my clients but of course with my classes. 
despite the fact that I bounce around like this confident individual, I do need reassurance. I'm one of those people which does need a a compliment to boost what they're up to. It's one of the reasons I ask you guys to like these podcasts. It's one of the reasons that I'm constantly checking, you know, people enjoying the class, etc. Um, I learned a very long time ago from my gigging days that I read body language. And it would be always be a good gig if there was someone in the crowd that was responsive to what I was up to. Uh, I suppose this is one of the reasons that my parents were always there um, and I always wanted them there because at least there was someone in the crowd which I knew was enjoying what I was doing. And so the insecurity was there, but it was like I would always key into that one person. And after a song or two, you could tell if people were enjoying what I was doing or not. Uh, Because if they weren't, it'd be pretty fucking obvious. Uh, But all I needed was one person to just show on their face, like a nod or a smile or a glint in their eye, or body language, or even a little tap of the foot, just uh, even just giving me their undivided attention, just gave me enough to know, yep, I'm doing a good job. And sometimes that's enough, by the way, just someone actually just listening to you. And sometimes that carries over to the classes too. Um, Insecurities show themselves, you know, if people are chatting, etc., then, you know, I'm doing my demonstration bit at the beginning of the class, setting up the class, etc. Sometimes there's a little bit of insecurity that comes when people are just chatting away. And they are just chatting away with each other, you know, they're just doing their bit. And sometimes uh, it's easy for your brain to run away with itself and think, oh, they're chatting because they couldn't give a shit. You know, it doesn't matter if it's you. It doesn't matter what you're doing. And maybe it comes from a position of wanting to feel special, wanting to feel like what you're doing is different, what you're doing is something you know, that's unlike anybody else. And I guess, to be fair, that stems back to my childhood too because I always tried to do the exact opposite to my brother. And nowadays as well, I always try to do the exact opposite to what everybody else is doing because I don't want to be like anybody else. I want to be me. There's a a lovely saying, which is be yourself because everybody else is taken. And yeah, I still stand by that. In fact, listening to this, I may very well duplicate that post and put it up again tomorrow morning because it's a big one for me. In fact, who am I kidding? It wouldn't be that post. It would probably be the the post advertising this podcast. But you'll probably see that one in the next couple of days if you're listening to this in or around Sunday the 24th. But even with coaching, with one-to-ones, with anything that I've done, my coaching is based on three pillars. Direction, support, and accountability. Telling people what to do, the direction, the support of helping them and supporting them along their journey, listening to them, embracing the things that they are facing and eloping those things into the program to adjust it if needs be. And of course, accountability. And sometimes you'll have down days, you'll have down weeks, you'll have the insecurity of thinking that why the fuck is anybody listening to you? Why is anybody interested in what you have to say? Sometimes I'll find myself in a position where... I'm laying in bed in the morning and I'm thinking, why, why, who gives a shit what you have to say? And it doesn't happen so much anymore, but in the early days, definitely when I started to do more videos, when I started to do more social media with myself talking and things like that, even these podcasts, to be honest, you would think, why does anybody want to listen to you? You now 33 year old kid, what could you possibly offer? And I guess back in the music days, that was easily masked with, you know, you're playing their favorite song. But with what I do, it comes from a position of advice. And so you do worry, am I giving people the right direction? 
what support can I offer people? You know, a 33 or younger man throughout my coaching career, what can I offer a 40, 50, 60 or 70 year old man or woman? What could I possibly add to their life that they haven't already experienced? Why bother listening to me? And I found that my confidence grew primarily through experience, through practicing my craft in a myriad of different forums from different gyms, different demographics to working with the obese and morbidly obese when I worked alongside the NHS to dealing with a plethora of different age groups and demographics. And obviously that experience only comes with time and just being relentless with what I'm doing because obviously clients lead to clients, lead to clients and experience snowballs. And I still get this insecurity when I teach a class, particularly, you know, the, the two times we've had to come out of lockdown now, both times I felt ridiculously insecure about what I've been doing. Is it the right thing? Are people going to enjoy it? Particularly when I've had to adapt to what I'm doing. Security, I guess, also comes with familiarity. Staying in your lane and being familiar with a topic that you are comfortable with. And that's the thing. Through experience and through time, I've become very, very comfortable and at peace and secure with the knowledge that I have with regards to human body in my uh, industry and with how I can help people. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, four and a half years ago, something pretty dramatic happened that really did help my security, which was the kids. Kids have a strange way or being a parent has a strange way of really grounding you and really making you get to that final chevron of I don't give a shit <laughs> what people think of me, because all you end up caring about is what those little people think about you. You go from worrying about what the whole world thinks to literally going and caring what babies and toddlers and then children think of you. It's a funny old thing being a parent. But like I said, whether it be hair, coaching, classes, talking to people, physical appearance, my body, even still, I'm still insecure. And it comes in waves. It comes in waves sometimes on specific topics like my hair. Sometimes it comes all at once. Sometimes I'll get a down day, as I call it, where I just don't want to face the world. I don't feel confident in conversation. don't feel confident to do what I've got to do. Sometimes there's a, a face that has to be put on before I'll go out and teach a class because behind the eyes there's other stuff going on and I know from experience that the most important thing I can do is just get my head down and get on with it and that in itself usually by the end of a class I feel confident and secure again. It's a funny old thing because again it, it comes from knowing what you're doing. Going back to that previous thing about you know the right direction giving people, that comes from seeing the experience of sending people down the wrong direction. So if there's any trainers watching or anybody that's new at their craft, the mistakes are more important than you'll ever know. And, you know, you guys listening where you're on your, your programs and, you know, adhering to calories and exercise and activity, the mistakes you make, the ups and downs, it's more important than you'll ever know because those mistakes add to your experience. They add to your security, not your insecurity, because you learn the hard way what works and what doesn't. Now, granted, in the moment, it's embarrassing. In the moment, it's frustrating. In the moment, you have to backtrack. And believe me, I can think of numerous conversations I've had in the years with regards coaching. In fact, actually, I haven't even written this one down. There was a post I put up uh, a couple of years ago now 
and it was about uh, one-to-one personal training being dead, about how you don't need one-to-one personal training. And it was basically delving deeper into the issues that the majority of people face, which is psychological. You know, giving someone, someone a program and setting them up for success needn't be let's spend an hour with a personal trainer doing a load of exercise which isn't conducive to the primary goal of fat loss and then spending four, five, six hundred pounds for the privilege. What I realized through confidence was that I could actually help people and charge them less by switching over to online coaching. And so this harps me back to that post and someone challenged me. And they challenged me and said, well, that's funny because you trained my wife for years. I guess she's due a refund then or something along those lines. And in that moment, I went, fuck. But then very, very quickly afterwards, I came to my senses and I went, no, because she still achieved results. She still got to where she wanted to get to. She still learned all of the basic principles that I teach today. And she built up a great affection for exercise. So there was worthwhile, and it was worthwhile the money she paid and the experience she got. She still got a service. I still delivered a service. Looking back now, would I advise the same course of action? No, of course not. I'm older, wiser, less hair. And so the thing to remember, I guess, is to not regret, because it would be very easy for me to look at that comment that was posted and regret it and go, fuck, yeah, Jesus, But actually, no, because the experience there is what contributed to the conclusion that I came to, contributed to my knowledge, my experience. And so it's what made me a better coach today. So every mistake I ever made, despite adding to my insecurity, it also took away from my insecurity. Now, I guess the reason for recording this particular episode and the reason that this particular topic resonated with me because you know let's not beat around the bush guys I don't have a long list of episodes I have a long list of ideas which I draw from some of them I scrap some of them I think are great some of them I even start recording and then bin the whole episode off because it just doesn't hit me I have to feel every episode of these podcasts that I do and with this particular one I wanted to cover it because to my peers particularly to other PTs that I've had discussions with, some which are earlier in their journey than I am now, some which are still building their business, still building their confidence, still very young. I want this knowledge to be passed on. And for everybody listening to this, even those of you, like I said, on your fat loss journeys, I want you to understand that just because you see me as this all-knowing, confident individual doesn't mean that I am doesn't mean that I don't still suffer with the same things and same issues that you do. doesn't mean that I don't still suffer with the same insecurities that you do. One thing I've just been able to work to my favor and I've been able to develop is my own self-confidence through self-reflection and development, through understanding that mistakes and embarrassment and fucking up are just part of the process it's not something to be afraid of it's not something to shy away from it's vital in fact to my growth as an individual and my growth as a coach the more I fuck up the more my clients don't have to the funny thing that really resonated me quite recently actually is a couple of weeks ago I was on Instagram 
and follow James Smith, as a lot of them, I'm sure you guys do. And as much as I, I like his ethos, and it suits him as an individual, suits his delivery, etc. And granted, he's way more successful than I am. It's not an approach that I could ever fully invest myself in. It's too brutal for me. I will be honest, always. I will always be to the point. But, I don't know, sometimes I prefer a more diplomatic way of approaching the same conclusion, I guess. And something he said, though, a particular video that he was speaking about, which was about hair loss and male hair loss, really resonated with me. And you can go and find it. It's quite recent at this point on his, um, on his Instagram. And he basically compared male hair loss to cellulite. And he was talking about the way that women perceive hair loss and the way that women, hair loss is discussed amongst female gossip circles. And he basically compared it to cellulite in the sense of cellulite is something that women have, which there are very few treatments for. It is treatable. However, it's a cosmetic procedure. Cellulite is a very natural thing. And hair loss for men is also a very natural thing. And this phrase that coined he coined and the phrase that really stuck in my head was hair loss is our cellulite. And it stuck with me because it was the first time that I actually heard something that resonated and ended the blocker on my own confidence or lack of confidence with regards my hair loss. Now, don't get me wrong. Every single time I give myself a haircut, I look in the mirror because obviously, you know, you rarely see yourself from an angle that everybody else does. And so you use two mirrors and then you kind of you look at certain angles, etc. that you don't normally see. And every single time I catch a video or see myself when I'm cutting my hair from a particular angle, I don't normally see myself from, particularly if a light is shining in a particular way, it never hits well. And, you know, probably I'm fucking myself over here by doing this podcast because it's contributing further to that insecurity. But I've realized that sometimes people's insecurities or the things that they make you feel insecure about is actually just a reflection of things that they're going through. It's easy to attack the flaws in someone, but it's very difficult for those same people to complement the character of someone. Attacking, especially in this day and age, is far easier than it is to be nice. It's far easier to pick a flaw, to criticize someone, especially with small talk behind closed doors or when you're in an uncomfortable circumstance. A lot of people immediately resort to the defamation of someone's character, immediately resort to picking holes and gossiping in what her around the corner are doing or, oh, have you seen his hair, etc. Because it's almost like a common ground most people will be more receptive to that than they will someone who's overly complimentary. So you'll find that having that kind of discussion then triggers people to go, oh yeah, I saw that. And then the gossip begins and the back and forth, the game of gossip tennis, if you will. Now, in the final part of this, I think it's important to highlight that it's not about being free from insecurity. Because I will still get down days. I will still get days where it's Friday morning and I've got a day of check-ins ahead of me. And I'm sitting at my desk as I am now going, what the fuck have I got to say to these people? Why the fuck would they listen to me? 
please tell me that the advice that I'm going to give these people is the right thing to do. And all I can fall back on is my experience and go, nope, you know what? If all else fails, don't fuck it up. And that was something that I learned a long time ago as well, which was whenever you are coaching people, whenever you're dealing with people, whenever you're giving advice, which is a very natural human thing to do, just don't make the problem worse. And so any advice you give, make sure that it's only going to improve, even if not applied. And granted, that's a very, very blanket term for coaching, but no matter what happens, never make the problem worse or never make the situation worse, I guess. But sometimes I do get those days where, like I said, I'm not confident. Sometimes I go out on my walk in the morning and I get ready to do my walk talk and I just think, who the fuck is going to listen to this? What's the point? This is also one of the reasons why I refuse to get drawn into the uh, analytics and the algorithms of social media. Because I know the moment I get drawn into those algorithms of Facebook and Instagram and what I'm doing and I start looking at my likes and my views, etc., I know that insecurity is going to multiply tenfold because I'm going to be going, well, why did this one get more views than that one? Why was there more engagement on this one than there was on others? Now, granted, most walk talks I do, most podcasts I do, most classes I do, I usually at some point drop the, let me know what you thought, uh, bomb amongst them. And 99.9% of people say fuck all. And for someone that's insecure, that's not always the best thing. But there is the 0.1% of people that do say something, that do compliment. And for those of you that listen to these podcasts, by the way, and I get a random message out of nowhere on my Instagram saying, or you know, a WhatsApp or anything like that, just saying, just listen to episode 32, absolutely loved it, really resonated, or just listen to episode 7, just, you know, it really resonated with me. And it's out of nowhere. Like I said, we're on episode 43. And when I get a message saying, just listen to like episode seven, fuck me, that does that mean everything? Because it it's come from nothing. It's come from maybe me saying in the podcast, you know, please let me know what you thought. But the biggest thing about compliments like that is that no one ever needs to give them. Like I said, 99.9% of people don't. And so you can easily add yourself to those people if you wanted to. No harm done. No, I'm never going to come after the people that don't comment. That's not how this works. But I love it when people do. I love it when people let me know I'm doing a good job. Because even now, at the grand old age of 33, which is, well, Christ, I was gigging when I was 16. A long, long time ago. My maths is not good. Even now, I still need that confirmation that confirmation that i'm doing a good job that confirmation that what i'm doing is working now i still use my same approach that i've touched on you know previously in these podcasts i still use the metric of just help one person with everything that i put out so if this podcast just helps one person then awesome if it doesn't help anybody else fair enough but it's ways of managing my own insecurity these are, I suppose, things and morals which are vital for me. Like I said, just put it out, help one person, do it for the love of doing it. And these are things that I truly do stand by and believe in, truly do apply. These are fundamental parts of my character and ethos, mission statement, if you will. 
But I still do love a compliment. And I still do love to know that what I'm doing is working. And every now and then, I do get to a week and think, why am I bothering with a podcast? No one's listened to it. I haven't had a message in weeks. You know, I've refused to look at the analytics of this podcast, by the way. I just put it out. Put it out for you guys to enjoy. So as I said, the reason why I'm recording this is to let you know, potentially someone that's maybe more insecure than me. Maybe someone that's not as confident as I am. Maybe you don't have those moments of security, those moments of confidence. Maybe you would, you know, pale in the thoughts of having to stand up in front of a room full of 30 people or 50 people, 100 people and deliver a seminar. To stand in a room of, you know, 30 people and deliver an exercise class. To make jokes. To sit here and record and put so much out on social media. Maybe you're one of those people which could never ever see yourself doing that because of your confidence insecurity levels just know that even someone that is doing that on a weekly daily basis i still get moments where i feel how you feel because insecurity it's it's never going to go away and if anything if i learn anything from my gigging days it's a good thing because back in the day I used to get that little lump, that butterfly feeling in my stomach before a gig when I'd get this nervous excitement. And I think I mentioned previously, I, I got it at the beginning of the, um, well, the end of lockdown, going back into the classes again. And every single time I had that butterfly feeling, every single time I went into a gig nervous, as soon as I got song one out of the way and I got that confirmation from the crowd, they liked what I was doing, people didn't walk out, the pub didn't empty. I was fine. But what that butterfly feeling did is it stopped me from fucking up. It kept me alert. It kept me vigilant. It kept me focused. The gigs that I had where that butterfly feeling didn't exist at all was shit. I was overconfident, didn't hit right, and they just end up being rubbish gigs. And to be fair, classes have still gone the same way. Where... I still need a little butterfly element, still a little part of me that gets a little bit nervous because it keeps me alert. So my advice to you all listening to this when it comes to your own insecurities is continue to overcome those insecurities. There will always be some. Insecurities are never something which truly go away, but continue to overcome them with experience, with your own psychology and with confidence. Get good at the thing which you are insecure about. And if you can't get good at it, i.e. so that you've got confidence in it, then get good at managing your thoughts on it. You're managing your expectations about it. As I said, wearing it as armor for so many years has been incredibly beneficial for me. Being the first one to make a joke about it. But it's not the solution. If anything, it's delaying the solution. I need to be more receptive to just shut the fuck up about my hair. I need to be more receptive to understand that it's bugger all I can do about it. And I guess that's probably the best way to end this podcast. With my favorite saying. A saying which I personally have used to get myself through the hardest times I've ever been through. And it's still the saying that I use to get myself through hard times. And thankfully, through coaching, through dealing with people, through learning more and more about psychology, 
and more and more about how people think and how people work. It's a saying which has become ever more prevalent for the people that I've worked with in helping them psychologically deal with their problems. Because with insecurity, with things like male pattern baldness, I have to accept the things I cannot change. But I have the courage to change the things that I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. With things like my body insecurity, I can change that. I can train. I can look after myself. When it comes to my hair, it's fuck all I can do about that. Because I'm not the kind of person that has procedures or... You know, I'm still I'm still that man's man, I guess you'd call it. The one who refuses the least amount of cosmetic kind of treatments, etc. Hell, I don't even use hair gel anymore. I make do with some antiperspirant and aftershave and jobs are good. And Let's not beat around the bush, by the way. I shower, so there's obviously shower gel and, you know, shampoo, etc. involved in that. Let's not beat around the bush there. <laughs> but the thing is, with coaching as well, I can continue to develop my skill. I can continue to listen to people, listen to people's problems, advice. I can continue to use my own life experience, which gets more and more vast with each day that passes. Because the more people you coach, the more experience you gain. But obviously, with raising five children, with dealing with the life that we deal with, sometimes it's very easy to forget just how much of a wealth of knowledge comes from raising multiples and being a stepfather. Because those are two things that most people will never do. But they're two things which are incredibly difficult. And so thank you folks. From me. From the bottom of my heart. For just listening to me. Because you, it means more than you'll ever know. To know that there is at least one person just sat there listening to this podcast. Or out on their walk. Listening to this podcast as a means to improve their mood. Improve their life improve their adherence, improve their focus, whatever it is. To know that you've taken the time to go onto Apple Podcasts or Podbean or Spotify to download this and in an effort to improve what's going on in your world. It means everything. And if you want to let me know what you thought, if you want to be part of that 0.1%, then awesome. Drop me a message at Chris Moyes on Instagram. But if you want to stay silent and you just want to kind of, you know, receive these podcasts without any kind of confirmation that you're listening to them, without any kind of opinion coming my way, you want it to just be yours, then that's fine too. But just know that for every single one of you that has my voice in your ears right now, it means everything. To know that you listen, to know that you resonate with what I'm saying. For those of you that read the posts, watch the videos, for those of you I'm coaching, for those of you that I have coached. And everybody in between. It means everything that each and every one of you trusted me enough to listen to what I had to say. And so when it comes to your own insecurities, just know that it's a battle that will rage on. But it's one that you can turn in your favour. You can learn to balance your insecurities. And I'm not saying that the road with regards to my hair loss is over. I'm not saying that it's not still a long road ahead. Because baldness is coming, folks. Baldness is coming. <laughs> One day I'm going to have to face it. I did face it already, to be honest. But I wore a hat for six months. <laughs> Those were the days. A couple of years ago. But 
just know that, like I said, I'm right here dealing with the same insecurities that you're dealing with, the same feelings that you're dealing with. And that's coming from someone that's openly extrovert. And that's it. I'm going to stop dragging this outro out. <laughs> Folks, thanks for your time as always. And I will see you on episode 44. Toodles.